Welcome to another episode of Pussy Power. Today we have Meili Tao, aka the Donut Princess. She is a documentary on Hulu called The Donut King. And after working in their donut shop since she was six, she's finally sold their family business that she's known all her life. Today we talk about self-reinvention, finding yourself and the in-between period. Donut Princess, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. When we first like connected, I felt like we were kind of on that like same in-between period of like, I let something go and now I'm like looking for what's next not really sure like where that next thing is or when it's coming yeah but I definitely think we were kind of aligned on that where I think for most of my life there's always been something so to be in an in-between period where like I have the power to choose and also have the power to chill um, Mm -hmm. was a very unique place for me I found myself actually being able to finish, you know, some things that I've like put off for a long time, like writing my mom's book and really prioritizing my mental health and Mm -hmm. just kind of taking a step back and being like, whoa, I worked a lot. Like, let me just like chill for a second before Mm -hmm. I jump right back into the grind. That's awesome. Did you have moments of like, cause I know I, I, I definitely did. Did you have moments of like, I am not sure about how this feels. This feels really weird. And were you, was there a moment where you kind of like felt a little lost for a bit? Yeah, I would say, you know, there have been a lot of different emotions during this time of, you know, letting go something that was entirely my life, you know, ever since I was a young girl, um, you know, helping out at the store, always having that obligation to help my family. Even when I went to college, I would come back and help and just, you know, hear about all the things that were happening at the shop. I mean, this was the whole community that we supported and, you know, after when I came back and really, really helped at the shop. I mean, it's a full day's work, you know, waking up at 4am, going to sleep at God knows when, sometimes having to do a graveyard shift overnight, filling in where people didn't show up. And, you know, also seeing my mom work so hard and seeing the stress really get to her. I mean, there's just been so many different emotions. So when she decided to say, you know, Hey, I want to retire. I'm really tired. I was completely surprised, you know, we all have, or I'm really lucky to have, you know, a really hardworking mom never gives up, you know, her determination, her drive. It's so inspiring. And to finally see her, you know, wanting to let it go. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, this is crazy. Like I never thought this day would come. So, you know, feeling a little bit of, you know, sadness to let go of something and, um, but also really excited for new things ahead. 
But during this in-between period, um, you know, definitely felt like, you know, what is the next thing? Like, do I have to work this hard again or can I work smarter? What are the things that I've learned about myself during this journey? What am I good at? What do I not like? You know, there, there are lots of questions that have really just like I've thought about and reflected on and given myself the time to do so. You know, I've gotten to travel more and really just take some time to sleep in at like, you know, till 7 a.m. That's like my wow. sleeping in, but it feels so good. Um, but yeah, I mean, loss is one, but there's also excitement and like just really being present and enjoying this, this moment. You know, this is like, for, especially for a woman who's, you know, I'm 32 right now. And it's like, I'm kind of at that time where, you know, in the twenties, it was all about like discovering yourself and figuring it all out. And thirties is kind of like, I kind of know myself now. And now it's like the obligations of like, okay, I'm going to be realistic about my schedule. You know, I saw how hard my mom worked and my family worked and how that was, you know, the revolvement of my childhood. And as I gear up to, you know, like think about, you know, settling down and like starting a family, not right now, but maybe in a few years, but it's like, there are so many things to think about in terms of what I want, you know, my legacy to be and what the next generation will be in terms of my lineage. So all of these things are to be considered uh, during this in-between period, but I'm definitely enjoying it. Mm, I love that you took time off because it sounds like you haven't taken time off at all since you were like a young girl. It's like, you know, those um, family owned businesses where like, you know, I, I didn't grow up to have one because I came from like a broken family. So I kind of just saw like my classmates really like help out with their businesses. And it's really, you know, it's, I, I think it must have been really challenging for you to like let it go because it's something that's kind of been like always been there. So it's it's a feeling of like familiarity and, and, and like finally letting go of something that like you've known all your life kind of like leaves some sort of a void and I'm so happy that you en enjoy your time in the in-between because a lot of people kind of just like lose their minds and like really feel lost but I guess you're also in that stage of life where you know you're thinking about what your next steps are going to be because it sounds like you might want to start a family in the future um, and that is definitely one to consider. And having seen, you know, how hard your your family worked, you could then go ahead and like assess if that is something that you want to be doing and want to continue for, you know, your family. And knowing that that's probably going to be the example that you're going to set for your kids too, or kid if you only want to have one. What what are like the practices that you've developed that allowed you to ask yourself like these questions and just sit by yourself and sit with yourself and really deeply reflect on, you know, what you want, what success looks like for you and who you're, you're going to be in like the next 10, 20 years. 
Yeah. And like to add a little bit too of like, you know, the way that it seems like you're painting it is like, there's like this loss of like sadness and like extreme extremity, but in many ways, like I feel really complete. Like I feel really happy that my mom, my family, I got to do something for my family. I got to build for them. We got to like do some pretty cool, amazing things like the documentary and just make some like amazing memories and really service the people of Los Angeles to like, you know, enjoy the, the best donuts, the best experiences of the custom donuts. Um, and, and like, I'm like, I'm really complete on top of that because I know now that my mom gets to rest and I never thought that day would come. And I also feel complete because I know that my parents came here and they were immigrants, you know, they didn't know any English. They went through a war-torn country. Literally, they survived a genocide. They came here and, you know, any restaurant industry is so much hard work, you know, like it's, it's funny because like a lot of people think when they think of donuts, it's like, oh God, how fun, how cute, you know, like, wow, like this is so cool. But like, there are so many times during the whole journey where it was really, really tough, not just on myself, not just on my family, but it's like physically tiring and emotionally tiring. You know, you're dealing with people who are so, you know, they have like, you have like certain customers who are like so appreciative and, and like caring and like understanding, but then you have others who are just very hard to deal with, you know, dealing with people can be kind of hard, but I think that I've developed the skills of like really learning how to deal with people and to really do things with a smile and to really show compassion, you know, like the angry customer coming in could have had a bad day and I could be the one to really turn that around. And I really, really enjoyed that part is like really connecting with people. But your question to me was, you know, how did I get all these, you know, what, what did I ask myself and like, how did I reflect? And I just think I just took some time and really thought to myself, okay, you have this amazing opportunity to start over like a new chapter. And, you know, what are you going to write? Like, what is the difference you want to make? What is the legacy you want to leave? And I think, I keep returning back to a lot of the things like that make me happy or get me really excited. Um, I often get bored easily. And so that's, you know, I think that's just like something that happens when you're an entrepreneur and you're just like, you know, one thing stimulating, but you get bored. So you're trying to do a new, new thing. So really setting new goals and new challenges for myself. And, you know, knowing now that I have the time to, to go and get those goals. A lot of the times with the business, I would definitely put everything for myself to the back burner, to the edge, and really, really just like take care of things that were needed for the shop and the customers and the clients that I had there. But now it's just like, you know, what you just ask yourself, like, what does Melee want to do? You know, I'm now responsible for my life. I'm responsible for my journey ahead. And I get to kind of be this like pilot, this navigator into this space that I'm, you know, not really afraid. I wouldn't say like fear is, is something there, but because I'm a very action driven person, if I talk about wanting to do it, I'll try it, you know, like at least try it. I think that's a lot of 
things that people, why people feel stuck is they don't try. They're like, they'll watch videos on it. They'll ask people about it, but they're not willing to like go and like get their hands dirty and be like, all right, let's, let's try this. So even if I don't know what the unknown end goal is, at least I'm able to challenge myself on a personal level and be like, all right, you like, you know, this is interesting to me. Let me check it out. Let me try it. Let me like understand it. And, you know, and later on six months to a year from now, I can assess, okay, did I like it? Did I like, you know, my schedule when it came to that? Did I like the type of person I was? Did I like the type of clients that I dealt with? Did I like the services that I provide? You know, it's just this constant check-in with yourself and grounding yourself to really like, don't lie to yourself. Like you, you know, yourself the best, just be really real with yourself. Like, did you like it? Cool. If you didn't like it, all right, let's make a new change. Mm. I love how it's like, you're so like optimistic and people listening to this podcast were all like, Angela, like you, you're always like so grim about loss and letting go and detachment. And you're just like, oh, it's like freedom and it's exciting. And like, it's, amazing how positive because it, sh- it shows that you know even though you let go of something that you know mattered to you and your family that it is a fresh start for you it's like a blank slate where you get to start over and kind of like rediscover or discover a new part of yourself or rediscover you know parts of yourself that maybe you did put on the back burner because you had responsibilities and you had obligations. And it sounds like your mom, like knowing that your mom is like able to rest now is something that, you know, matters to you. And I know for me too, like my mom is really, um, she's, she's just like one of the most important people in my life. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, she can rest, stop working, um, stop grinding and just do what she loves is really something that I um, want for her too. So like right now, what, what do you think like after that um, period of introspection, what interesting things did you learn about mainly aside from, you know, getting more easily, which I can totally relate, relate with. Yeah, I mean, I learned that I'm extremely playful, um, especially with my attitude towards what's going on, you know, like with this introspection, I've just found this new childlike place. Um, I've realized that, you know, back then when I had the shop, it's like, I was busy, but like busy for what? And I think what I've done too more recently is thought about the types of people that I have in my circle. I've definitely like closed it in. And I don't know if it's because I'm like, I'm getting older and like people are more busy, but I've really realized like who's really important to me and who's just there to kind of like chase the clout, you know, they're just like kind of being like, oh, like, you're really popular. Like, I'm going to like, you know, hang out and talk to you versus people who actually really care. Um, I think that is super important because if you really look to a lot of these success books, it's also about, you know, who you surround yourself with and, you know, the association of that, that influences your own journey and path. Um, I've learned that I definitely want to do 
you know, services instead of products in the future. Um, just because I just find such a joy with creating relationships with people and providing them that service that they might never get. And like, I learned that, you know, during my journey of being a donor princess, like there were times where I would go above and beyond for someone and it would just make their day. You know, it, I can, I could tell that I have this, this impact on people. Like when I'm even talking to them or even connecting with them is like, they're just like, Whoa, like you're, you're different. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'm just like this positive person that's coming into your life that maybe wants to give you a little bit of perspective. Um, I learned that I do not like waking up at 4am, but I will do it if I need to. <laughs> um, I learned that I, you know, there are so many things that I love to do, like, like traveling and having this freedom. Like, I love the fact that I'm not kind of like waiting on someone right now, you know, like waiting on people at this very moment. And that, you know, I, I do also realize that the more organized that I am about, you know, my future businesses, the better. And, um, you know, I've just taken so much experience that I've learned over the years with managing business. And now I'm using that to like really propel myself into the next thing. Hmm. I think that also gives you an advantage because you are deep in the trenches in whatever you start next, you already have like the data from like what you liked what you didn't like you know the the awareness that people in your situation develop especially like when you've you know been um doing it for such a long time like you have so what like interests you now what new businesses do you have like incubating if you can tell us um you can tell me more about that yeah, well, I still have my current businesses, which is Donut Princess LA, where we deliver donut bouquets. And, um, you know, also with that attachment, I have my podcast where, you know, I'm covering small businesses, I'm sorry, small business owners. Um, I'm definitely covering women empowerment, but also cultural things that are really important to me. And having guests and talking and discussing things that really like challenge what people are thinking and talking about now with culture. Um, so I have that. I also do consulting for donut shops for marketing and for, you know, to create more business, more sales, more leads. I do speaking engagements as well. People have definitely found me on LinkedIn to speak in front of their teams and to ask, you know, what advice that they can take that I've used with social media and marketing to really, you know, double, triple, quadruple sales. Um, so that's Donut Princess. Donut Exotics is my churro business. I don't know if they have churro where you're at, but it's basically the Airbnb of cars. And so right now we have five cars in our fleet. Everything's done on the app. And then what I've learned about that is like, I love how quickly uh, the app is able to have me, you know, contact and, you know, make arrangements with the potential clients. And I really enjoy that because it's so easy. Um, my partner and I, we've, develop the, you know, a system for easy LAX pickup and drop off. 
And we've also figured out the algorithm and we've been power hosts and all-star hosts on there since the beginning. We literally have like the, a five-star rating. We haven't like dropped once. So just know, just seeing that and proving that it's like, cool. Like, you know, we want to expand our fleet um, and we want to see where we're going to take that business. So there's that. And I just started to also become a life producer at uh, an insurance agency. But what's really great is that I can build my own agency. I can build my own team and definitely reap the benefits from that. So I guess to answer your question, what was your question again? <laughs> I guess you can cut that out, but yeah. Yeah, anyways, yeah. So that's like a lot of things that you're currently doing. Um, what I like about that particularly is you're, it doesn't seem like you're subscribed to the idea of just like doing one thing and just like focusing on that. It, it seems like you're more open to the idea of exploring different things and trying different things out and being like the multifaceted entrepreneur that you are. Because I, I think sometimes that's what um, as pirating entrepreneurs or even entrepreneurs kind of like struggle, struggle with when they like hear advice from like other people who, you know, have the success that they want. It's like, just focus on one thing and, you know, don't be a dabbler versus like, yeah, you know, be multi-passionate, like indulge in like, I don't know, pottery or in that business. And, you know, it's, it, it's more about the idea of really letting yourself taste and explore and grow. What is like your philosophy around focus and how that impacts like your business? Like, how do you think about that? Yeah, that's a great question. So my philosophy on focus is, you know, just like you train the body, you have to train the mind. And so it, from there, it's an everyday thing. I know that entrepreneurs, even people in general, like we go through phases of emotions. We go through self-defeating time, self-deprecating thoughts. And I would say growing up with, you know, an Asian mom and, you know, really like recovering from the traumas that she went through and unknowingly passed down to me, AKA generational trauma. I've really like found different outlets where I feel really good about myself. And in order to succeed in your businesses, you have to feel good about yourself. And, and that means in your mind and your body. So, you know, I'm actively, you know, doing yoga or like going to the gym. I try to do one thing every day. That's like for me. Um, I also do meditation um, I have an accountability partner where we talk about anytime, like there's something going on. And, you know, the, the other thing is, is like to not let it happen for so long. And when I say that, what I mean by that is when you have, you know, a sad time or something goes wrong and you start beating yourself up, you start to spiral. And those, those thoughts can go on. You, you can take yourself out for a day or two or even a week or whatever and be really unfocused. That's just a side effect. And right now I've developed this self-awareness that 
the minute it happens, I give myself the choice of, okay, I'm going to let myself be upset about this for like 30 minutes or an hour or the rest of the afternoon. Or I check in with someone who, you know, fortunately is my partner who I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. I don't want to feel this way. And really looking at the source of the issue and, you know, having integrity with it and resolving the issue or letting myself feel the feels, but putting a time limit on it because there's stuff that needs to be done. Um, my philosophy on focus is using tools. Um, the tools that I love are like Google calendar and Calendly. And that just saves me so much time as I'm sure, you know, you have Calendly too. Um, and you know, focus, it's just being present, you know, just understanding and being really kind to yourself that, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Not everybody's doing it right now and that's okay. And, you know, I'm just going to keep moving forward. The more that you dwell, the more that you lose focus and you start going down the spiral, you know, the, the less time there is product for productivity, but also to add to that, it's like, you also have to schedule your time off before you schedule your time to work. Giving yourself something to look forward to week after week definitely gives you something to be like, all right, I'm going to make it through this week and I'm going to reward myself with a trip to Arizona, which I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Arizona. Um, so I'm constantly, you know, finding different things that motivate me and that really helps to keep my eyes on the target. Yeah, wow, that is awesome. And I love how you are now talking about like rewarding yourself because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you, you know, this too, it's like hustle culture is like, so promoted, you know, like you, like there, there's no question to like why so many people are burnt out, you know, it's just like work, 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 the grind day in and day out. And, you know, not a lot of people um, I, I know I've been there too. It's like, I kind of just put everything that excited me on the back burner because I, I had a business to run and like, I'm this grown up now and there's like no space to be childlike anymore and like play and express myself, you know, like the way four-year-old or six-year-old me would just like sing in the shower and whatever. Sometimes you you forget all that when, you know, like like you said, when you're so kind of like just deep in what you're doing. And sometimes when you're just doing and doing and doing, you're not really focused anymore. And you're not, 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 not focused, but it's like you're not present anymore because there's no like gap to just be present. And it's like doing and doing and doing like, did it take um, all those like waking up at 4 a.m. to like realize for, for you to realize like just the value of being present or like how did you come to that realization? I came to that realization and you know I look back to when I would wake up at 4 a.m. and literally work all day and do things and I think a big key thing was I never really made it about myself. I never was like complaining. I never was like, oh, poor me. Oh, why do I have to do this? I in turn like was like, no, this is about the people I'm going to serve. This is about my family. This is about my livelihood. Um, and 
I'm going to take, take the pressure off of myself and I'm going to put it on this. I'm doing this for this reason. I'm doing this for this person. And immediately when I was really present with the intention of why I was doing it, that really helped to, you know, have me keep going. Mm. So it's not just like you weren't super focused on yourself and it wasn't, it wasn't really like an ego driven kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's powerful. Why, what is it about like your family and like the customers that, you know, doing, doing it for them, like waking up at 4am that, that is hard. Like, I don't know how you did it for like a long period of time, but like, I respect that so much. Um, like, what is it about doing stuff for people that lights you up? Yeah, I mean, I think for like, first of all, I think people are all going through something, you know, they don't say it, they might show it in their face, but they're all going through something, whether that's professionally in their career, at home, um, traumas that they've dealt with. and you know, my mom's always taught me about compassion and, you know, she's just been this example for me to see that. So when I think about my family, like, and my ancestors, I'm like, oh my gosh, like my ancestors and family went through so much to get me to be here, to get an education. Like I am literally the living legacy where I get to just live my life and wild out and, you know, like have this amazing life. So there's a lot of gratefulness that comes from it with my, with my customers and my clients, you know, I just think because I know that everybody's going through something, let me just make it just one step easier, wherever that service is that I'm providing for them. Let me just make it a little bit easier for you because why I would like the same thing for me. I would like someone to go above and beyond for me. And so when you put that energy out, you attract that energy. Not to say that I've dealt with some pretty intense people before, but I think the the type of energy that I put out is like, you know, I'm going to give my 100% in whatever I do. And that could even be just a conversation that I'm having with someone, you know, like, but it does make a difference. I don't want to go through life and just be like, eh, like so wishy-washy, like very dull and mundane. Like that's not, that's not how life is. Life is, life is like when you're alive. And uh, another thing is like, I just, I respect people a lot. It doesn't matter what age you are and it doesn't matter where you're from, what you look like. I still respect you as a human being. And if that's my difference here that I need to make, then it's to show people that everybody needs to be respected and that you can act with a hundred percent yourself on the line each time, whether that's a big project or a small project. Mm. You seem really big on compassion and and you're literally like your your mom sounds like an amazing person like hardworking, compassionate and I'm what I'm curious about is you get like you like you said you get to be the legacy you get to live your life however you want it and your your parents escaped from genocide what is it about your background 
because because you weren't physically there right like it's it's easy to kind of like forget where you came from when you haven't really experienced it firsthand like you got to live the good life um fortunately like what is it about your where you came from and in that experience for your ancestors that makes you really passionate about like you know talking about culture and having compassion for people yeah that's a great question I think specifically my specific background is really unique so my blood like my background is I'm Chinese which is my the the native language is Dichu or Chichao um Cambodian and Thai so essentially like you know, long story short, my grandparents came from China down to Cambodia in search of a new life. When my mom was born and when my dad was were born, um, there was this huge eruption in the country of Cambodia where one day you wake up and you're there's bombs, people are being forced out of their houses. Literally two million people died out of the 5 million people that lived in Cambodia during this time. And so you're forced to be homeless. You're forced to give up all your stuff. You're forced to work in a concentration camp where you're barely fed, you're malnourished, and you have two, two choices. You work in the concentration camps, which is physically draining labor and not definitely inhumane at things that were done, or you decide to escape. When you decide to escape, you either you know go to Thailand or wherever, but my parents ended up trying to go to Thailand. They weren't together this time. And the detail that I've been able to learn about their journey, it's so enduring. It's so, there's so much sacrifice. There's so many lessons in their journey where even though I wasn't there, like I feel for that. Like I feel so sad that they had to go through something like that. My mom had to try to escape to Thailand twice. You know, the first time she went, they weren't accepting refugees without an address or a sponsor. They were forced back down to a mountain with guns behind their backs and thrown at the top of the mountain where all they saw were bombs and dead bodies, like mutilated bodies. And they were had to cross back down and go back to Cambodia. The second time they went, they, the same thing could have happened to them. But luckily, you know, at that time, the Red Cross was accepting refugees. So the entire journey from being homeless, like finding whatever to eat, like, like fear of the government, you know, sacrificing and, and going on little, little excursions to feed their parents, to keep them alive. Um, all of it. I mean, it's, it's just so, it's just so such a sad story. It's so crazy that they went through that and that they still like went on and lived and came to America and had to learn new language, new culture, and like work for, for like 40 years to finally like see this, this seed sprout, which is me. It's like the entire story, which I cover in, in my, you know, the book that I wrote for my mom, it's like, it's just so insane that I'm able to live and, and see them thrive now. You know, my dad's retired. My mom's now retired too. Um, and I think the reason why I have this like compassion and, and, and kind of this, you know, 
motivation is, you know, I've gone back to Cambodia and Thailand and China actually many times, Cambodia the most. And I don't think you know this about me, but my mom and I, like we built a temple in Cambodia to respect the people, the people who are still poor. It's still very third world there. And we've donated like lots of money and lots of supplies. Like my mom's gone and done donated tons of rice. When we went, we uh, invited like 800 monks and 500 of the elderly and gave them clothes and like little money. And like, you know, like just being able to be you know, what I think is I'm a small person, but like making a big difference for them. And just when you're taken out of your own country and you go to where you could have grown up, it makes such a big difference. Even on my last trip, um, my, usually when I go I'm with my mom and, you know, it's a very like G-rated trip where, you know, we go eat and we go to the temple, we visit family, you know, it's all, it's all good. But I got to go with my cousin and he gave me a very different view of what actually goes on in Cambodia. A few things are, you know, you see, you know, I'm, I don't know if you see it where you're at, but there's like huge trucks, but like everybody's standing and they're on these like bumpy roads and standing all to go to work in the factory where they're getting paid nothing, you know, maybe $150 a a month to, to support themselves. You're witnessing that you're witnessing, you know, you're go to these things called KTVs. They're like karaoke bars, but in fact, like they're brothel houses. And you see girls that are like younger than me, like my little sister's age, like 11. And when you go back to there, you're like, what's the difference between her and me? Like if I was born here and in poverty without an education, without opportunities, like would I like enjoy this life? Would I like, what, what would life be like? And that's a big reality check. I think that's a lot, like I get to see and witness and experience this, but I think for a lot of my generation and a lot of Gen Z, it's like, you know, people are just complaining about their Zoom not working or them having to work four hours, you know, it's like, there are plenty of people in the world who are way less fortunate going through so much, trying to fight for their lives, trying to fight for survival when, you know, I'm just really grateful that number one, I have this new, you know, I have this amazing life. Number two, I get to go back and help them. And I don't know why I keep gravitate towards like helping people. But when I look at someone, I just think like, wow, like, we are so like, life is so precious. Life is so short. And we're just so lucky to be here wherever we are, wherever we are. I love what you said about literally you it's it to my interpretation is like, you kind of like dissolve the ego there of like, Oh yay. I'm like, wait, look here. Then I, then they are like, thank God I have this life. Thank God I'm not in their shoes. And like really kind of like put things into perspective of how good you actually had it. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say I have as much kind of like empathy as you have, but like sometimes I always like try to figure out how do people, how do people like really put themselves in other people's shoes and like, you know, dissolve the wanting to be better than or the like thank god i'm not in their shoes and like 
you know, like beefing their ego up because it could it could it could have gone like, you know, another way where it's like, oh, thank God, like I'm not in their shoes. Thank God that's not my life. And it, it could be a way to just like beef up your um, beef up ego um, when you see that scenario. But it's completely not not like that for you. It's like the complete opposite. And what you said about your parents going through all that, like I can't imagine you know, going through that myself, I'd probably like, I don't know, surrender the first day or something like that. But it, it's really, it's really hard. I, I can't imagine how, you know, torturous that must have been for them. But what I, what I'm seeing from, you know, this standpoint is that the adversity that they faced allowed them to really do their work in a, you know, like you said, not from a place of like entitlement, but from a place of like, thank God I get to do this work. It's like deep gratitude for life. It's deep gratitude for, you know, being able to serve that I think like most of us take for granted these days. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us don't understand the opportunities that are available to us now that were not available to others back then. And like, sometimes I like a my little sister and she's just like very Gen Z. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, she's talking back to my mom. She's not doing her homework. And I'm just like, this is the only thing you have to worry about. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> pull it together. But the thing is like, she won't see that. She never went through anything arduous. She never went through something like traumatic. You know, all she hears is like my mom's stories, my mom's story, my stories, and that's it it takes something for someone to see someone outside of their own body. And I think that's where real growth comes from and real change. It's when we can all take a step out of our shoes and put it in another person's shoes for just a second and see what that's like. Yeah. That was what I was like, kind of wondering about, like, how, how are you not like your sister? Cause again, it's so easy, you know, <laughs> it's so easy to just like, go on TikTok and see like all these people having a much better life than you. And you're like in a, living in a first world country with a roof over your head and like everything that you need right there provided for you. But then with social media and, you know, the culture these days of like much younger people, it's so easy to like forget to be grateful because it's, it's always like a game of comparing yourself to you know, whoever influencer, like, I don't know, people on TikTok or Instagram. And like, I just love how grounded you are and how much you really advocate for compassion and just your spirit and your energy is like really refreshing. Um, Who would you say is like your biggest influence for, you know, being that way? Uh, definitely my mom she is like phenomenal in so many ways I think really like you know obviously growing up so dial it back so growing up you know my grandma raised me my grandma she had seven kids and you know every day she was dedicated to you know making me breakfast taking care of me Um, my mom as well like you know, the matriarchs of my family are so strong. And my mom, she's not only just a talented cook, but she's just like 
always up to something. She's always doing something. And there's always like, you know, now that I'm grown up more, I have developed this new relationship with her. It's not just like, she's like kind of standing over my head and like telling me what to do. But I now know like everything that she has suggested me to do or wanted me to do, there's a reason behind it. You know, she's protecting me. She's looking out for me. She's got my back. And that is an inspiration because I think that there are very few people out here that actually have your back the way that your own mom does. Whereas, you know, we put them under wraps, we yell at them, we think that they're being too much. But in in reality, it's just all there is is love. And I just, I recently lost my grandma and literally like within the past like few weeks. And, you know, with, when you get older, you know, you lose more people, including your grandparents. And, you know, what they've taught me is just like, care, comfort, uh, how important a family is. And again, having someone's back, like that's, that's like a big lesson, um, for me and to never take a second for granted. Mm, That's beautiful that you had like really good examples that are really close to you. Um, you know, you guys really stuck together. Um, I could imagine with like everything that they went through and the life that they wanted for you. I want you to tell me about like you mentioned you wrote your mom's book. What was, you know, your your guys's goal for doing that? And it's, it's awesome that you, you know, you really set aside the time because writing a book is not like, you know, a, like one and done. It's like intentional and you really need to make time for it. Like, what was your goal and her goal for that book? Yeah, so her goal for the book was, you know, she just wanted to tell her story. She's told her story many times to me, I think first as a little girl, and I didn't really understand. Um, And, you know, as I got older and really heard the story in different perspectives of growth of my life, I realized how important it was to write it all down. I want my future kids to know what my parents went through and what they had to do to come to this country. I want my mom's story to forever like exist, you know, in the world, in the metaverse, wherever, um, mm-hmm. on like the sacrifices that she went through, the lessons that she learned and the hardships that she went through, because luckily we just have to read a book and we can be transported there, but she actually went through it. I think another goal that unknowingly, you know, we, we had was just like, it was a way for her to let go of some of her trauma, um, and really hold on to something for our family. Um, during the process, you know, it was kind of, it was difficult because, you know, I'm asking her questions. I'm like, okay, what, you know, more details, but she only remembers kind of like, the main parts. And I'm like, no, I need more detail. Like I wasn't there, like paint me the picture, but she, you know, so that, that, that's the part where I have to kind of like fill in or do research. And, you know, what happened in Cambodia is very complicated. And even today, people don't really know what happened. Like, you know, people are still confused or they don't even know about it. So, you know, the goals were just to, you know, bring more awareness to the Asian American perspective whether that's my perspective or my mom's perspective 
um, solidify our history. Uh, my earlier I mentioned that my background is Dichu or Chichao, and you know it's actually like a dying language. There's not a lot of people who speak it. It's from a small small village in the south of China, but you'll find like Dichu people all over the world, just like a diaspora, and that's because things got so poor there that different, you know, did you people went to France, they went to Germany, they went to Thailand, they went to Cambodia in search of new opportunities. So in a way, the book is also a way to preserve a bit of our culture, which is being lost, you know, not, not many people are proud to say they're did you, they've learned different dialects like Mandarin or Cantonese. And unfortunately, they can't even communicate with their grandparents anymore because they're learning a totally different dialect. So definitely to preserve traditions and culture and, you know, just to just just to have it so that, you know, my mom, like she's been through so much and this is like a, a documented history. You know, we have the documentary. Cool. But this is like about her and me together. Hmm. You're you guys must have had a really good time bonding of like what happened there. Like I need more. It's like what? And you know her sharing your her story with you like in a way that allows other people to know about it too. Yeah, I mean it was actually pretty frustrating because I'm like, no, I, I need more. <laughs> she's, she's like, I don't know anymore. I'm like, no, I need more. Like what? what was the color of this? Like how many? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, tell me. <laughs> so, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I love my mom and, mm. you know, we have a new relationship, but there are still times where, you know, I do get annoyed, but that's just, yeah. you have to dial it back and again, have compassion and, you know, get it done. How long did it take you to write the book? Um, you, so I was working with a book agent. Unfortunately, the book agent has moved to a different company. So I'm now thinking about self-publishing and, you know, the total time, I mean, it's like, it's, again, this is a, a project that I put on the back burner for years. I did, never even started it. Like I wanted to do this when we still had the shop, but we were so busy. We we're just hustling so hard. Like I didn't have any time to do that. So I don't know, I guess it would, I would say like, it's, it's been like about six months to a year. And like, again, like, I'm not going to lie. Like the, the book goes on the back burner often as well. Cause you know, there's just so much time in the day that you're doing all the other things. Mm -hmm. So I would say like about a year ish, like if, I, if it's like total time of like collecting the stories, and like doing the research and like actually writing it and going back and reading it and, you know, making revisions because when somebody reads this book, like I want them to be there. I want them to experience it. I want them, even if they have, they're not Asian or they haven't ever even experienced anything like that. Like I still want them to get something out of it, whether that be a lesson or a new perspective. Mm, that's beautiful. What childhood dream of yours would you say you want to revisit after putting it like on the back burner for so long? So it's really interesting because the two things that, you know, when you're younger and your parents are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, the two things that like 
they said no to are things that I'm actually kind of doing now. So the first thing that my, my dad asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like a social worker. And he's like, no, like, you're not going to like that. Like, it's just don't work for the government, you know, like it's not going to be good for you. And the other one was to be a writer. So, you know, in the sense, even though I'm not a social worker, I'm still helping people. And in a sense, I'm still, I'm, I'm a writer because I'm publishing a book. So these childhood dreams are definitely coming true. And who knows what other things will come up along the way of, you know, what my lifestyle is going to be like, or what I want to be, or what I want to do. Like I, again, I still feel very childlike and playful, but also powerful. I feel that anything's possible and that now I have experience and tools and resources, like it's just, it's just the point of doing it and like choosing one thing and running with it. I love how you're just like, you have like the matriarch energy. It's subtle, but it's there, (laughs) but also like it's, it's in a way that it's like very childlike and very feminine, but also very, you know, biased towards action. And you, you have the track record of really hustling it out. And it's amazing what you guys, what you and your mom have done for, you know, your culture, preserving it. And like, you guys have an amazing story to tell. So for people who want to get to know more, um, get the book, where can they find you? So definitely um, subscribe to my Instagram at Maylie Tao, M-A-Y-L-Y-T-A-O. That's where you get all the updates, what, what I'm eating, what, I'm, what projects I'm doing, what's happening. I'm definitely very active on there and I share very vividly and vulnerably on there. Um, if you want to go and order a donut bouquet or listen to my podcast, donutprincessla.com, you can find all the links there. Um, I have a YouTube, Donut Princess LA. Um, I've started this new series where I visit Cambodian owned donut shops and provide spotlights on them, but also, you know, just discussing and covering, you know, whether it's video logs or mukbangs, like, you know, that's where my creative fun side comes out. And yeah, if you, if you follow me on any of those places, you'll, you'll find out what I'm up to the book. I'm still figuring out how I'm going to self-publish, whether that's Amazon or, whatnot I'm doing some interviews on what people think I should do uh, or what's the best way so please keep an eye out for that I have a GoFundMe out for that too so I can fund it so please check that out and support as well I love it Maylee your last question how does Maylee break the mold how does Maylee break the mold um, Melee breaks the mold by doing so. So let me scratch that right, right now. Let me think about this. Melee breaks the mold by just being me. Mm. And that is a very multifaceted, a very <laughs> easily bored entrepreneur with a heart and definitely with an amazing story to tell. Melee, I loved having this conversation with you. You're like a breath of fresh air. Like, I, I like you come off so like pleasant and feminine and then you're like yes and then I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and it's just so amazing to see you know not just an empowered woman but a woman who looks back like where she came from and preserves 
you know, the story and the culture and the traditions that, you know, otherwise might not have been preserved. So it's amazing um, you and the work that you and mom, um, you and your mom have done. And I'm definitely going to uh, keep an eye out for your book and link, um, link that once it's out. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Maylee, catch you soon. Bye. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.